0: during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to the Financial Coaches Network podcast. Emily joins us today. What are we talking about, Emily? Emily?
1: Today, we are talking about bootstrapping and specifically, go figure, bootstrapping your financial coaching business. So if you are listening live, go ahead and drop any questions you may have in the comments. And yeah, so to get started, let's define bootstrapping so that we're using common. We're coming from a a unified place.
0: Great place to start. So... Bootstrapping is a concept in entrepreneurship where you've got, let's say that you want to open up a restaurant. To open up a restaurant, you're going to need to sign a lease that might have a $15,000 down payment on it. You've probably got another twenty dollars to $30,000 of build out in the place. Uh, you've got another hundred to two hundred thousand dollars worth of kitchen equipment to buy, and then you have to figure out how you're going to pay the staff and everyone else while you're trying to bring business in.
1: People generally appreciate being paid.
0: Yes. So we've got three hundred thousand dollars. Where is that money going to come from? Right. So the typical answers that people give are, well, we're going to take out a loan, or We'll get investors, but you could also, instead of building a huge restaurant, just start off with getting an outdoor camping kitchen set and a little wash sink, uh, spending about $1,000 on a really nice pop-up tent and going and selling your food at a local farmer's market and spending $500 a pop to go to the farmer's market. And so the idea is finding a really small version of it with very little upfront costs to be able to start the business and then grow the business slowly over time. So that's the basic idea of of bootstrapping. When it comes to financial coaches, probably the bigger problem is not how do I do it cheaply? Because most financial coaches don't need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to build out a coaching business the bigger problem is with financial coaches is how do I build it in a way that makes sense from a long-term strategic direction of knowing what to spend money on and what to not spend money on?
1: And with financial coaches specifically, the, what to spend money on is a huge block for most of us. I'll throw myself in that category. Because we don't like spending money on things like, oh, I can do it myself. I don't need to pay somebody to do that. I can do it myself, which sometimes is not a great, I would say oftentimes probably is not the most optimal option. And so yeah. through this conversation, I'm sure we will talk about what is worth spending money on and what is not worth spending on money on and what is worth spending money on when.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so, yeah, so that's that's really going to be our focus is bootstrapping is pretty easy with most professional services businesses, right? Because your professional services are the main cost associated with it. Right. Um, the rest of it is really about what, what should we have at the initial stages in this bootstrapping stage? What should we spend money on and what's not worth spending money on? So. So where would you like to start with that?
1: Let's start with what's not worth spending money on. Okay. Because I'm feeling there's going to be, well, I know there's going to be quite a few things in both categories, but let's start with what's not worth spending money on.
0: Yeah. So when we look at what's not worth spending money on, the biggest thing that we want to really think about is what is the likely outcome during the first few years of the business? So as an example, a lot of people want to look at, oh, well, what about advertising? Should I start doing advertising? Mm -hmm. The likely outcome of an advertising campaign during the first few years of a business is that people are gonna look at it and say, I've never heard of that before. I don't know who this person is. So therefore, I'm not going to follow through on it,
1: right? Well, I'll take it one step farther. Even if they're super interested, they might go, hmm, never heard of them. Well, let's see what other people think. Right. And then upon finding nothing, probably aren't going to follow through.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So advertising is probably one of the lowest things that you should spend money on during the first few years. It makes more and more sense once you start to establish your business a little bit more, but it's not generally a worthwhile expense.
1: And is that advertising as a broad category? like In general, are there, are there a, kinds of advertising that we will revisit and the things that are worth spending money on?
0: So as a broad category, yes. But advertising is a much smaller broad category right? So we want to separate advertising from promotions. So Hmm. spending on your promotions, right? That is absolutely worthwhile. Specifically spending on advertising in the local newspaper, or even on Facebook, potentially, generally not a good idea. Now, advertising can come back in as we talk about it, supporting some other things we're talking about, we're going to talk about, But by itself, it's not going to be a very good spend generally. The next thing that you probably don't want to spend on is an office. (laughs) This is pretty obvious for most financial coaches, but an office is not going to be something that's necessary. This is true unless you plan on meeting people face to face and we'll kind of move into we'll come back to that later with regards to that big, unless, right. And then the final thing that you really don't want to bother spending money on in those initial stages is you want to be very careful about spending money on, on things that feel like they're for your coaching, but they're really for you. Uh So an example of this would be a really nice new computer. So you want to be very, very careful in those initial years of justifying spending. That is really things that you wanted to spend money Mm -hmm. on by saying it's for my coaching,
1: right? That's, that's fair.
0: Now, as time goes on, I'm a huge fan of spending lots of money on a computer because your time becomes more and more valuable and having a computer that takes a couple of seconds extra to process information as you put it in, while you may not think that's a big deal, those couple of seconds every time you click a button adds up to a lot of time, a lot
1: Mm -hmm. of your time. Or even like initial startup in the morning. Mm -hmm. Computer that takes 30 seconds to get from push the power button to, okay, everything's now finally booted up, that's a valuable 30 seconds.
0: Yeah, that time adds up over time. Plus, if, you're any,
1: if you're anything like me, you don't spend that 30 seconds sitting there ready to jump. You spend that 30 seconds going, oh, OK, I'm going to wait. Let me scroll my phone. Oh, now it's five minutes later. Yeah.
0: Lack, lack of productive time amplifies itself.
1: Yes, yes it does.
0: <laughs> so those are the things you don't want to spend money on. Uh, the big things that I see some people start to worry about. The bigger trap is what should you spend money on? Right? So let's start with the idea of the office, because I think this is a bigger concern mm-hmm. uh, that I see, and it probably holds more coaches back than they realize. When you're talking about uh, talking with people about their personal finances, it is exceptionally inappropriate to do that in a public space. So a lot of coaches will say, well, I can just go down to the local Starbucks or I can just uh, rent out a room in a library, right? Both of those feel like they're unsafe places for not you, but for the client. And I would be very, very, very wary of any attorney, any CPA, any professional services of any kind that is going to meet at a local Starbucks.
1: For anything other than, a, I would say that might be okay, and feel free to correct me if I am -hmm. incorrect, of the very first meeting when you're like, hey, let's talk about this for a quick chat. I'll buy you a coffee. Right. Is that Okay. Because I mean, you're so, still asking them to sit to like talk in a public place about why they want to talk to a financial coach, but it's more of I mean, because if a if lawyer might be a little bit weird, but I I could see not that not being odd for some other public service provider.
0: Yeah, I think that really comes down to what stage of the relationship that you're at. Right. Right. If you're at the stage of the relationship where they just want to talk with you about what you do right? And how you might help people. Sure. Going down to a local Starbucks is fine because you're not asking them to disclose anything private. You're really just talking about what you do. Mm -hmm. And then they may disclose some private stuff during that moment, but it feels okay because it's more organic, right? If it is, uh, let's sit down and during my initial conversation with you, we're going to go over and you're going to list off all your credit card debt and Now, all of a sudden, even if it's the quote unquote initial conversation, that's a very scary initial conversation. Right? Um, so what to spend money on? Uh, number one, there are offices you can rent by the hour. That would be a really worthwhile expenditure for your business during those things.
1: How um, does that tie into, for example, a co-working space? That is coworking a conference can, space does that count as an office?
0: Yeah. That would be a good, but provided that there's a private
1: location, right? right? Most of them that I've looked at, um, I haven't tried any yet, but I've looked at a couple options just to see what's out there. Be like, you can have a desk for this much, or if you have a desk, you can add a conference room on for this much an hour or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So co-working spaces are nice. Uh, personally though, I would prefer looking for a local lawyer financial advisor, CPA firm that has a um, an office space that's extra that they rent out or would be willing to rent out on an hourly basis, right? Uh, that feels a little safer because the office is actually set up to be mm-hmm. that way.
1: Yep.
0: Um, keep in mind, many of them will not do it because I, I could not rent out my office. I have client stuff, even if it's in the locked cabinet, it still has client stuff in it, right? Uh, but that that feels a little bit better than a random co-working space,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, and that's something that you might be able to do. This is very common, by the way, in the um, behavioral professional services, Psycho- psychiatrists, therapists, those types of uh, fields are very common where they have shared work environments, including just renting them out by the hour. Um, that's something that you're gonna have to like talk through. Um, the other option is just pay for Zoom and do all your meetings <laughs> through Zoom, <laughs> right? Yep. The, uh, you know, I have an office and I used to allow uh, visits in uh, at my office on Fridays at my home office on Fridays from clients when COVID picked up started that stopped right and everything was through zoom and i'm not sure we'll we'll go back to having home visits in the office anytime soon right Mm -hmm. um so those so you know do everything virtually that could work quite well as well um that takes us to another thing to spend money on spend money on if you're going to be a virtual service spend money on the virtual platform Right. Uh, A lot of people will say, well, the Zoom meeting is going to be perfectly fine. Right. Because I can have my Zoom meeting and it's 45 minutes. And if we go over. Right. Then I can just say, oh, I'm going to kick you out. I'm going to send you a new link and you're going to join back in again,
1: which works and also. Not it, it, the most professional thing in the world.
0: Really bad taste in the person's bath
1: <laughs> And if right. it's, if I, I think the cheapest Zoom subscription is $15 a month, something yeah. like that. If somebody's paying you presumably more than $15 a month to meet with yeah. you for more than 40 minutes, you can probably afford to spend $15 on yeah. it.
0: Yeah. It, it does make you look very... um not very professional. And most people nowadays, I I think in the beginning before the pandemic, most people were a little more forgiving of this. Um, It's probably still looked unprofessional and it probably did cost you the ability to, um, you know, attract referrals and other clients, Uh, at least to some degree, it may not have stopped it, but it definitely didn't help uh, and hurt the process. Um, $15 a month is pretty well known nowadays by the general public because (laughs) how common Zoom is nowadays. And so you have to be keeping in mind that that's the impression that you're giving, that your business is so small and that your finances personally are so tight (laughs) that you can't handle $15 per month,
1: right? And Shante mentioned in the comments that she got it half off for three months. Like, yeah, they often are running promotions of, you know, subscribe for a year and get two months free or whatever. So it doesn't even have to be $15 a month. It could be 12. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very much.
0: Yeah. It's a very low cost to present a very professional front, right? Um, And that's really going to be a lot of what you want to think about in those early stages, what you want to spend on, right? A lot of people going back to the advertising. A lot of people spend an enormous amount of money on advertising, and when I say enormous, I don't mean thousands and thousands of dollars I mean they're spending a hundred dollars a month on advertising right mm-hmm. in order to try to get people to come in and in order to say i'm a professional i I have a v- I have
1: um I have an advertising budget
0: right right all right and their advertising really puts forward this idea that they're they have a a legitimate business and then they get there and the zoom is an unpaid version of zoom their calendaring option is an unpaid version of the calendaring option that doesn't have their logo and has the calendaring logo in the upper corner right
1: or they don't Um, even have a calendar
0: or they don't even have a calendaring system right yeah they don't have technologies right and so all of these experiences are undercutting anything that they're trying to say about the professionalism of their business because of the fact that the other elements are not professional, Um, So that's another thing that is worthwhile to spend money on is just presenting a professional environment for your clients because your clients are the most likely people to promote your business because they've experienced it. And you want to preserve the sanctity of that experience, the the professionalism of that experience.
1: And the big things that we mentioned there were some sort of video, paid video platform where you don't run out of time, and then calendar software. I would say the two most popular being Calendly or Acuity, that, again, for roughly $15 a month, less if you pay annually, less if you find a promotion – they will magically schedule everything and send out zoom links and send out and do all sorts of things that are much nicer yes. than hey what time can you meet oh wait yeah. what time zone is that in oh that's okay i can't meet at that time zone on that day can you and going back and forth the email 16 times
0: yeah it's so not it's just,
1: let me send you my calendar find a time that works yeah and
0: you want to protect that you really want to protect that that view of professionalism
1: and going back to the conversation about Buying the new computer that's faster. It also saves a lot of time. Yeah. If you're in a meeting, if you have to kill one meeting and reopen another one, that's time. If you have to send 16 emails negotiating a meeting time, that's a lot of time and annoying time at that.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the next thing is, you know, again, we're we're going to be on a sort of a theme of creating a professional environment, <laughs> right? Uh, The next thing is your promotions, right? What things are worthwhile spending on Mm -hmm. promotion-wise. I think that a business card is one of the first things that you should spend money on. Uh, And a lot of people say, well, no one keeps business cards. That's not not the point of a business (laughs) card, (laughs) right? The point of a business card is not for the person to keep it and treasure it forever. (laughs) Um, The point of a business card is to help establish the professionalism of your coaching, of your business. And having a professionally printed business card, so not going down to Staples and buying the business card packed at the local Staples. um, But having a, a business card that is a professionally printed business card it does add a certain level of professionalism, even if 100% of the people that you give it to throw it away immediately, it does create that, right? Now, how much does it add? Not a huge amount, but 500 business cards are $10. So the cost benefit ratio is really high here because the cost is so incredibly low, right? Um, at the same time, you don't want to print out fifty thousand business cards so you can start handing them out to millions and millions of people.
1: Right? Yeah. Question about business cards. Mm-hmm. What about digital business cards?
0: The the fundamental issue with digital business cards is that you have to really understand what the tool is going to be purpose is going to be needed for. Right. A physical business card is to help establish a certain level of credibility and professionalism. A digital business card is to convey your information conveniently, right? And so thinking of a digital business card as a replacement for a physical business card is a bad way of thinking about it. Interesting. Because a physical business card, a digital business card doesn't really do much for you from the perspective of adding professionalism, right? A physical business card doesn't do very much for you from the perspective of giving other people your contact information because it requires them to type it all into their phone.
1: Right, and it requires them to hang on to it to a point where they can type it. Where they they can type
0: it in, yeah. (laughs) So having both is a good idea, right? And again, the cost is, you're talking about very, very low amounts. So we don't want to think about a digital business card as a replacement for the business card. It's really they each serve a very, very different function in your business.
1: They're complementary.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and your business cards, you shouldn't be handing them out left and right. Right. It's really there to help you. um. Support a professional feel. It's not there for you to just start handing out to thousands of people. So, you're so close-
1: when I'm grocery shopping, I shouldn't that be getting business cards out to everybody I pass. I just, yeah. like slip them in the cart as I walk past. You yeah. get a business card, and you- oh, okay, yeah. I'll I'll pull back from that. Then,
0: for most financial coaches, a set of 500 business cards would probably last a year, right? Or so you're more. talking a, or or two, right? So you're talking about a very very low cost for the overall benefit that you get. Um, because as Shantae pointed out, you have digital business cards when someone says, I don't really need a business card. Can you just give me your information? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got the digital business card instead. Right. Um, the business card is just there to show that you have a business card for yeah. purposes. Right. It's
1: a very cheap way to add legitimacy.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Right. And I will say I've been teaching music lessons for like mm-hmm. over 10 years. I made business cards I think when we moved four or five years ago, it feels really fun to have somebody be like, oh yeah, I might be interested in, you know, having my kid take lessons from you, you know, oh, let me hand you a business card. Like, woohoo, look how fancy I am. So yeah. you can you can get a little self-esteem boost the first couple of times as well. Like, I'm so fancy, I have business cards.
0: Yeah. It also gives you a confidence boost when you're talking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So um, the So on the business card topic, I just saw Shantae Mm asked, is it worth worth it to hire someone to help you design it? Or can you go basic, uh, but matching your brand identity? Mm -hmm. I I think that it's perfectly fine to go basic. You know, we're talking about the initial stages right now. I think it's absolutely worthwhile to have someone to hire someone to design it. But that really should be a larger design project, inclusive of uh, your logo, a redesign of your logo, a redesign, and that's a later stage in the business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, early on, uh, Stephen mentioned Canva. Yep. You know, Vistaprint has a really, really good design tool that's a part of it. Um, I would say most people are really bad at design.
1: <laughs> use a and, template, <laughs> find a template, yeah.
0: and use a template that is simple. Yep don't have a template that has like a picture of people talking on it or other things Mm -hmm. like that. Right. Um, really simple shapes and, uh, basic colors, meaning not a lot of colors on it are going to be very advantageous for that first round. And then later on, as you've built your business, it's worthwhile to have a designer actually go in and create sort of a branding package for you. But, um, in the beginning, yeah, totally you could use a basic design that incorporates or has similar colors to the ones that you have on your website and other places.
1: And I would say both Canva and Vistaprint have those simple templates. You can do it for free and both of them, you can then print directly from their site and just have them ship you the business card that you designed from their template and hopefully didn't spend too much time tweaking on the template and then just go from there.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's at this point, it's not about getting it perfect. It's about making it look like a professional card. And one of the things that I would encourage you to do is before you design your business card on Canva or in Vistaprint,
1: go to a networking event mm-hmm. that has a lot of professionals at it
0: and collect business cards. And throw away any business card from someone that's brand new, <laughs> right? If you have a CPA, when you go in to get your taxes done, pick up their business card. If you have an attorney, right? Or if you have a friend that's going through a divorce that has an attorney, ask <laughs> them for a business card, right? Ask them to get a business card. You will notice that people who are very early in their business, they spend a long time creating these <laughs> Really, really graphically intensive business cards, right?
1: And everybody else has a logo and three lines of text and they call it good.
0: Yes. And so you want it to look like a professional (laughs) service. So match it to what other professional services do.
1: That's a really good idea. My chiropractor's office actually has a rack of business cards of, Mm -hmm. I assume, clients that are there. So I could just, as I'm waiting one day, just sort of glance through yeah. them all. And I bet I could probably identify which ones are newer and which yeah. ones are more established. Yeah.
0: Uh, the next thing to spend money on in.
1: Before the- before oh, we way, jump go. into that, I'm yep. going to cycle back to a question. What's the difference between promotions and advertising?
0: Good questions. Uh, I believe that was from Steven. Yep. Uh, the so. Th- we did a whole podcast episode a while back on the difference between promotion, advertising, PR, and, um, and sales promotion. So I'm going to give a very high-level version of this, but there is a much deeper dive later. Promotion is the broader category. It, encum- it encompasses anything that you do that communicates with the public, with prospects, and with your customers, with your clients. Advertising is, is a specific subpart of promotion where you are paying money to have a message distributed. Okay. So promotion is just a broader category that encompasses far more than just advertising. Um, I referenced the other podcast for a deeper dive. <laughs>
1: so, okay. So, what else do we need to spend money on?
0: So the next, the next thing to really spend money on is a website. Um, this is not something you should do for free that you should do for cheap. Uh, websites are incredibly important to businesses, but especially important to a business that is um, a professional service that doesn't have a physical location. hmm. And so the anything that's free is a bad idea when it comes to websites. Uh, free websites are hosted on servers that are free. And as a result, uh, they get a lot of spam and a lot of, we'll call it either unethical or criminal activity also hosted on those servers. As a result... Your website is on a server that is red flagged or blacklisted by things like Google, by things like Gmail, by things like Outlook, et cetera, et cetera. And so you want to be very, very, um, you you just don't want to be on free places. Uh, It's not good for your deliverability of your email. It's not good for your website showing up in search it's not good for any number of different things um and so you should be paying for a website now this doesn't necessarily mean that you need to hire a web design company for twenty thousand dollars to build out Mm -hmm. a complex website right Uh, a really basic website is a very helpful thing um i am partial to the websites that we provide in FCN Launch because they are pretty much plug and play. We tell you exactly what to write and where. And it's it's designed specifically to help people move, help people who visit the website move from, I'm browsing to, I'm scheduling a sales meeting, right? Um, the, if you, if you're not gonna go that direction, then a place like Wix or Squarespace would also be a, a secondary good place to go. They are also plug and play, right? There's very basic realize, however, that their templates are not designed to move people from I'm browsing to a sales conversation, or say scheduling a meeting. Their templates are designed to let's browse through all of the different pictures that we have, or let's browse through right there, it's a very, very different purpose to the website that the templates are built around. And so you're going to have to spend a little bit more time tweaking it to make it as effective for the purposes that you're looking for. Um, I would also stay away from anything that is WordPress, Mm -hmm. unless you happen to be a WordPress expert, The fundamental problem with WordPress is that you have to build everything yourself and connect everything yourself.
1: Which is great if you know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And a big time suck and frustration if you don't. Yeah.
0: And so the cost savings that you're going to realize, if you realize any cost savings, on, because all the templates and the things add up, um, can cause a lot. It can really disappear very quickly when you factor in your time. Uh, The other problem with WordPress is when something updates, it can break other things that you have. So you kind of cobble together all these different features through different, we'll call it modules, for lack of a better term, in order to build something on WordPress. Um, And updates can cause breaks between the different things communicating with each other. Um, And so I'm not a huge fan of WordPress unless you happen to do that professionally, It's not something you want to learn on your own. Um, And the final thing to spend money on in the bootstrapping stage is uh, software that makes you more efficient. Um, You don't really need software. Early on, it's not an absolute requirement early on, because when you have two or three clients, you can probably do a lot of things manually. But it should be something that you should do relatively quickly. And this is more about investing in your future time, as opposed to investing in the growth of your business. Um, When you start off doing everything manually, that's going to work when you have two clients, three clients, Mm -hmm. maybe five clients. As you build more and more clients, it's going to become more and more unsustainable. Even at five, it can get very frustrating and difficult to keep up with. Um, and if you decide to get the software at the point that you are feeling frustrated, then you're not going to have the time to be able to fully implement the software learn it understand it so while it shouldn't be an out of the gate thing it definitely should be something you think about relatively early in your business as you start to add clients so that you can begin to transition your processes over to the software when you have time to make that transition and you're comfortable with it and you're used to it by the time you actually Absolutely need the software in order to add one more client, right? Um, and so, and, think about what software you need would be helpful.
1: And by software, so that's all
0: encompassing it? thing, right? <laughs> exactly. So Money Coach is an example of that for financial coaching software, but it's not just Money Coach, right? Mm-hmm. It would be looking at software for how you're going to bill your clients, right? Uh, moving from going back to something we talked about earlier moving from the free version of Calendly to the paid version of Calendly opens up a ton of additional capabilities that really, really reduce the amount of time that you spend scheduling meetings. Those capabilities take time to set up and to customize.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so as a result, um, you know, getting that Calendly software, even though the free version is going to work okay for you, for a while, getting it set up relatively early means that you start to build all of those efficiencies and automations into the Calendly that you now have access to before you're at a point where you can't, you just can't survive at another client because you just don't have any more time, right? So software really encompasses it. Of course, coaching software is important, but it's not the entirety of it. Right. It's it's really looking at all your business processes and what softwares can help you with.
1: And haven't even touched on CRM software, which yep. CRM is client relation management?
0: Customer relation management is, Custom, the, okay, is the original term. Close I'm enough. sure <laughs> that different places use different terminologies for the C.
1: Client, customer, yeah. basically the same thing. But something that lets you... Very clearly see where in the process people are, automate sending emails, that kind of thing as well. Getting to that before you need it. Yeah. The The general theme of this conversation and several of the previous conversations is you want to be thinking long-term. You don't want to be, if you can think past next month, so that you're setting things up for next year, for five years, for three clients, for 10 clients, for 50 clients, You know, for full-time, whatever. You want to do that before you're at the point of treading water and barely having your nose above the surface,
0: yeah, it, going to giving a budgeting example, you know your your business spending and how you think about spending your business, you should not be looking at your month to month expenditures, like the rent and the food categories in your budget. You should be thinking more along the lines of your long term savings expenditures, like saving up for a trip or. Up, putting in a pool or whatever else you're saving up.
1: Saving up for Christmas next year. Right. Now, when it's Christmas this year. Right. Exactly. Whatever holidays you celebrate, exactly. gifts for next year before next yeah. year.
0: It's spending more money now on things that are going to help you with what your business is going to need six months from now or a year from now. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: While also keeping in mind, That if you're bootstrapping, you may not have a ton of cash Mm -hmm. and you don't want to spend it on things that aren't necessary. But some things aren't necessary but are incredibly helpful. And so you upset that platform, you have to build that base to build on. And some of these things build help build that base.
0: For most entrepreneurs, what you said is important. For financial coaches, they tend to already be leaning too far in that direction.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. And Shantae really liked the the uh you know spending it's spending now on the things that you're gonna need in your business in a year with uh yep. all caps, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you gotta all think right. long term. All right.
0: Well, thank you all for joining us. Shantae, Stephen, thanks for joining us in the uh Facebook uh asking questions uh during the live version of it.
1: Ah, Shantay, I would
0: like to comment. You said yes.
1: Both of them. Both of them deserve a enthusiastic yes. So, all right. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well.